Hello and welcome to the West Connect podcast where we help ensure that student athletes are successful on and off the field. Today I'm excited to have uh, Tim Galvin with me. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I think your story is especially compelling. Um, as a lot of student athletes that we've talked to um, tend to be high achievers, um, tend to go into financial or professional services without necessarily knowing what all that entails from a quality of life standpoint and what that actually looks like day to day. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but I think it'll be a, a powerful narrative for people to hear. Maybe start out with a little bit of background on yourself, how you ended up at Wesleyan, and then we can get into the um, experience you had as an athlete. Totally, totally. Well, um, actually, my father went to Wesleyan, Paul Gallivan, class of 84, I believe. And um, I'd, I'd heard of Wesleyan from a young age and had no interest in going until I started uh, seriously considering playing basketball in college and started getting recruited. Um, and after basically uh, making my final choices of schools I wanted to go to, Wesleyan was the top one. And I was fortunate enough to to get in and um, and very lucky to really have had four great years there. You know, it's so interesting. You know, my wife went to Wesleyan. My brother went there as well. Um, and my great grandfather, and it's incredible how many times I interview somebody when they have, you know, multiple touch points from an alum uh, perspective with school. So it's great to hear, you know, that you're a legacy, and um, I'm sure your dad has some cool stories from Wesleyan from the '80s. Um, <laughs> probably, yeah, the ones he's allowed to tell me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably not appropriate for this venue, but um, we'll sit, we'll sidebar that for next time that we meet up in person. Totally. Um, so maybe talk a little bit more about extracurricular uh, activity that you did at school, including kind of um, as an athlete and what that was like um, playing on the team. Totally. I mean, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners who are athletes know that uh, playing a sport at the D division three level, even though it's only division three is a full-time commitment. It was more of a commitment than um, my, both my majors, which was math econ, which doesn't exist anymore and music. Um, and it's, it's just kind of a really unique experience to spend that much time with your teammates, both during the season and in the off season, preparing, uh, building relationships with the coaches and really the athletic staff in general. Um, the amount of work that put in definitely uh, really helped build some resilience in the long run um, and build some good work habits. Like you see a goal and playing high school sports, you think it's like, Oh yeah, it's pretty competitive. And then you get to the college level and it's just, especially the NESCAC, it is, uh, it is really a commitment. And that's why you see a lot of attrition with people dropping out, not being able to finish four years, because I mean, it, you definitely have to give up some things, make some sacrifices if you want to uh, try to compete at a high level like this. And I, I completely agree. And, and maybe talk a little bit more about being math, econ, music major. That, you know, is impressive, but, but obviously is a lot of time and, and energy. Um, one of the things that I've talked about with people who have been triple majors or, or you know, like extreme CSS people, I was a COL guy. Um, but looking back on it, would you, would you repeat that? Do you think it was, was it too much? I know some people operate better when they're very busy, but um, that's obviously a pretty full plate. Yeah. So, uh, so I, 
I had no plan of double majoring at all. Uh, I, I, I've always been into music. I play instruments. I still DJ and produce music on the side. Um, but it, 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 it was definitely not part of the plan. If I were to, so I basically figured out one day that I was able to do the music major on top of the Miko major is what, it, what we called it, uh, the math econ. And um, I loved it. I loved doing it both. And there were really only a handful of times where doing both majors and being an athlete uh, basically excluded me from some opportunities. But overall, it was, it was really great. I think um, I definitely took advantage of all sorts of different aspects of Wesleyan when it comes to the artsy part for music and the kind of the businessy side of the math econ and then the, uh, the athletic facilities and the athletic programs. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was definitely, uh, I was definitely busy. I wasn't really, uh, didn't really have a whole lot of free time and part of that was my own fault, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I would 100% do it again. And I think, I think my advice to anyone, um, who might be taking a little bit more than they think they can handle, um, during this college time would be to try new things and do as much as you can for your, that you can mentally uh, handle. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, the load is different for each of us. Um, now let's talk about your transition to professional career, which is very different than what you do now, uh, which we'll get into, but, how did you arrive there and were there things that you did while you were undergrad, especially within the math econ program or over the summers that led you to eventually go into the financial services space? Yeah. So, uh, my, my path is definitely unique. It's very interesting. Um, I, I was one of those kids who end of senior year had absolutely no clue what I wanted to do and that's okay. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I worked some basketball camps right after graduation just to make some, some quick spending money. And one of my uh, friends was actually got a job at the place that I worked that ended up getting a job there. And she just referred me there. I had no idea what the job entailed. I had no idea what kind of um, like work-life balance or like just overall happiness people at this job uh, had. It was just a job and I felt kind of the pressure a couple months out of graduation. I see a lot of my uh, classmates and friends have already been working for a little while. So I'm just like, oh, okay, well, the, you know, the interview went well and let's, let's see how it goes. And um, I was there for about nine months and I really each day just didn't like it and didn't like it more and more. And I was unhappy there and I would see people in the who have been in the finance uh, world for like 30 plus years. And they, they look just as miserable as I did during that, uh, during that time. And I was like, I, I, I do not want this to be me. I don't want to kind of be stuck in a cubicle and something for some people that's, that's exactly what they want. Um, and they, they, they like that kind of work. It actually, surprisingly, the financial services, that I was doing didn't have a whole lot to do with either the math or the economics that I studied in college. It was more so just, it was more like a customer service job uh, with, with very limited creativity and stuff that, that you'd expect um, something more out of someone who, or just basically a Wesleyan grad who could take on more things that were less tedious and, um, and more interesting to be, to be frank there. Um, yeah. So then after about nine months, 
for one reason or another, and I won't get into this, uh, I was let go from that financial institution. And I think at the time, I was kind of upset because of the like social repercussions of getting let go from a job and kind of thinking like, oh my goodness, what are, what's everyone else going to think? But I wasn't, I didn't miss the work at all. I did not, I was not sad to not be going over there. It was more so a social like, oh, like, oh no, I'm, I, I was fired from a job. Okay. Like what next? What am I going to tell people? But uh, it really, it, it kind of sped up my process of thinking about my next step. I don't think I would have wanted to move on to my next step, uh, at least for maybe another year or two. And that would be another year or two being miserable at a job I don't like and um, kind of with no end in sight. So at, at least that sped up the process. And I know this is a cliche, but uh, I'm not going to say that getting fired was the best thing that happened to me. But uh, in the long run, it did end up uh, to be better for me than staying there. So I, and luckily the timing was great because it was the beginning of summer. So I basically had a summer to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I've always thought about um, teaching. Teaching's always been in the back of, the, back of my mind. Uh, so I kind of explored how to, um, how to basically try to get in, get my foot in the door um, and see what I needed to do to explore that teaching option. So we won't go into details on the financial institution, but needless, needless to say, it's a large, well-known kind of brand name, Wall Street financial firm. Um, looking back on it, do you wish you had done more informational interviews or research or homework on the position before you took it? Or with the benefit of hindsight, do you think Glad to know that that was not my cup of tea and that I did not spend three, five, 10 years in, in that type of role. Um, what are your thoughts? Because part of the reason we do these type of interviews is to give people that kind of inside look into what happens at some of these firms and organizations. Totally, totally. I mean, I I, I think I'd say a little bit of both, to be honest, because I, I definitely should have learned a bit more about the job. And I think if I did uh, some diligent research on, on what the actual job was and what that kind of, what that side of the financial services industry was, I would realize that it was not so much for me. So I definitely rushed into it, but I, I will say, um, I definitely, I've heard this before, uh, that sometimes, uh, your first job, it, you learn what you don't like. And I definitely know for a fact that I'd never want to be in financial, uh, services ever again. Um, but so I, I would say a little bit of both. I think if I was a bit more patient, I would have uh, probably not accepted that job. But, uh, but there, there's definitely a lot of good things that came out of that. Um, so I would say do your homework, but don't be afraid to, to take a job that isn't the, your absolute dream job when you're 21, 22 years old, uh, because there are still some benefits that can come out of that. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. And I really appreciate you being open and vulnerable to talking about the ego hit that that, that took of, you know, separating from that position. Because I know oftentimes athletes, as we kind of alluded to, high achievers, um, you know, we all fall into a trap of keeping up with the Joneses and thinking that these people that we see working at XYZ Wall Street firm are quote unquote crushing it and doing really well. And, you know, 
we're, we're, we're not in that same lane necessarily. And that can be very difficult oftentimes. And I know when I played lacrosse at West, it, it probably wasn't the truth, but it felt like everybody that I went to school with or that was a few years ahead of me was at a big corporate law firm or at this great investment bank on Wall Street or doing these really interesting things. And I was a little bit directionless, frankly. And um, oftentimes that can kind of compel us to, to do things that, um, you know, maybe we should have taken our time before uh, you know, stepping into. So thank you for being open and honest about that. Um, so how did you get engaged into the teaching world? I mean, you know, just logistically after you separated from that firm, what happened next? So I, 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 first I want to just go back to what you said, uh, about the, the ego hit. And, and I think just like, it's, it's hard to not compare yourself to your classmates and friends and, and whoever, uh, just because, especially with social media these days, every, you see what everyone's doing and it's much easier to keep in touch. Um, but I, I mean, once I got over it, it was, it was like, okay, that was actually good. Um, go, going back to your previous question on how did I kind of think about and get myself into teaching. So uh, a lot of things I've, I, I, I liked school going, growing up. I enjoyed um, going to school. There was no, I was obviously, if you go to Wesleyan, you have to at least like academics a little bit. Uh, but I, I also have a lot of family members who are teachers. Uh, and I know that a lot of my classmates or uh, old teammates, some of my teammates were actually got into teaching and, it, and I actually especially love math. So uh, I would consider myself a math nerd. Uh, so I, I've always considered in the back of my mind, um, or I, I at least thought about what it would be like to be a math teacher. And because uh, my, the, the, the firm decided to move on without me, uh, I had to make a decision. And I was like, okay, well, I, I love math. And I could see myself enjoying this profession. I, I have no idea if I actually would. I'd also tutored uh, some of my teammates in calculus during um, when, when they were taking calculus while at Wesleyan. And I did enjoy that. I, I, I liked uh, being able to share stuff that is that is definitely difficult for some people that is a little bit easier for me. Um, so I, I, that was basically my only experience in terms of teaching before I kind of really wanted to see if I if that was the the right thing for me. Uh, so then I, I basically just went online. It was the it was the middle of the summer, and now that I've been in the teaching industry for a little bit, I've I realized the best time to get a job for teaching is right before the school year starts because schools are scrambling. Um, so I I come in with no experience in no official teaching experience, but I'm like, hey, I'm I'm a hard worker. I I love math, and I. I think I can really help your school out. And, and I ended up getting a job, like, I don't know, a week before the school year started at my first, uh, my first teaching job. So yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the basic story of how I got into it. And, and how many years have you been a teacher now? So th I'm currently in my fifth year of teaching. So that was four and a half years ago, which kind of feels like it flew by, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a much much more uh, much happier uh, I'm a much happier version of me being a, a teacher rather than uh, working at in the at the financial services uh, uh, firm slash industry. Yeah, my and my brother, my younger brother who played the CrossFit Wesleyan, has been a teacher his entire professional career. 
which is probably coming up on 10 plus years now. And he loves it. I mean, he's very happy. His wife's a teacher. They travel every summer. Well, not this summer, but, um, you know, typically they travel and they get to do a lot of different cool things. And every couple of years they move to a different school to get to experience a different you know place to live. And he's exceedingly happy. Um, so, but I, I do think there are still moments for him where he thinks I've got this great quality of life and I enjoy what I'm doing, but I don't make a ton of money. There obviously are some, some drawbacks there. There's a, there's a pretty, pretty tight ceiling in terms of where he can go with that. Right. And he works within the private school ecosystem, which there are only so many of these schools that, that he can go to. Um, could you maybe, we'll transition a little bit of the informational interview. I mean, what are some of the pros and cons that you've experienced being a teacher? And if somebody listening, a student athlete, current student or a recent alum is considering a, a career path here, um, what are some kind of words of wisdom that you'd impart with them? Totally, totally. I, I mean, I think it's a uh, it's common knowledge that teachers aren't going to be uh, competing for the like Forbes billionaire list or one of those things. Uh, but you know, it's it it's it's a modest like uh, income. It's not crazy. Uh, like there's you're not going to meet a crazy rich teacher, but you're all, but it's 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 a bit like the pay is a bit more than what I believed it to be because I've heard I was. Um, Growing up, like all the teachers would say, like, "Oh yeah, I'm only on a teacher's salary," and you think it's it's not a whole lot, but I mean, it's 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 enough to live on for sure. Um, I'm not going to say like be extravagant with your spending, but you can live comfortably on a teacher's salary. But uh, I I I think going back to what you were saying about your your brother, looking at other people and maybe some other people that are doing cool things, it is it sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, well they're they're doing cool things and they're they're at this really popular firm or whatever, and they're making a whole lot of money. And there are certainly like, there's a limit to how much a teacher is going to make, even in like, I I teach in a public school district that pays pretty well for a, for a public school district. Um, But even then it's, it's, you're not gonna be able to compete uh, when it comes to uh, salaries of, of a private institution. Um, And then, and although my quality of life is significantly better, uh, there are definitely, it's, it's, it's not all perfect. Um, you there are very there are some very frustrating days um there some i mean working as you know with any adult there can be drama in the workplace and that that uh that certainly exists in the education realm um and uh a lot of times the the work is very um thankless it's a it's a thankless job like you you do all this stuff you put all all this effort in for these kids and it's like you did nothing for them and, and if, once you accept that, it's actually, uh, it's, it actually makes things easier, but, um, going back to some pros, uh, I, I teach math. I love math. So I get to be in a math environment every day. Um, I, I am fortunate enough to enjoy my coworkers, which is great. And I think one thing that you said is that's very popular is the work-life balance in terms of, um, the vacations. So I get a full week off during like the hall, like the winter holiday seasons, uh, for like around the Christmas time. And then I get a full week off in February and then in April as well. And then I get uh, eight weeks off over the summer and it's different than taking a vacation day at a, uh, at a work that doesn't have a vacation like that, because whenever you come back from a vacation and I learned this at my, uh, when I worked back at the bank for, um, 
a short while is when you take a vacation day, you're, you're missing all the stuff that everyone, when everyone else is working and, and coming back, it kind of takes a lot of work to get kind of caught up after your vacation and preparing for your vacation too. Whereas these, although the like actual vacation days are pretty limited, which is, I guess, a con, um, the whole entire school vacations where, where everyone's off, it is incredible because you're not like on the day before we go to Christmas break or whatever, the, uh, my, my mind is shut off for school for 10 days or whatever it is, nine days. And then when it comes back on, everyone's starting fresh. So that, and that is really underrated. And I didn't really appreciate that until I, um, was working at the bank and took a vacation there. So that is, I'm, I'm sure I could think of some more, but we can move on to, uh, another topic if, uh, if you want no, to. I mean, that, that's, that's helpful and powerful. I know as an entrepreneur, if I'm a, I have my own company, um, co- the concept of vacation is very challenging for me. Just it's basically like doing work just with a better view sometimes because, yeah. um, you know, it is what it is. But, so I, I can appreciate just truly unplugging for a number of weeks can be powerful and refreshing. I'm sure. Um, do you, I mean, do you think you'll continue on with what you're doing? Do you have uh, ideas or, or thoughts about what you might do forward? Are you, you happy with the teaching position and do you think you'll be there for the foreseeable future? Yeah. So that, that's a, uh, that's a great question. I've, I've thought about it. Uh, I I'm very happy um, where I am right now and um, I'm, I'm in a, a good district, like I mentioned, and uh, just this really doesn't have anything to do with anything, but um, they just built a brand new, beautiful school. So that certainly helps uh, that I'm working in. But uh, I think one thing that this job is really great, another pro, is the flexibility. Like it's it, it's totally a full-time job. I work hard. It's You have to work hard in order to be a teacher, but it's, it's really not going to exclude you from trying other things. And um, because of that, I, I can totally see myself staying in this profession. Um, and because I, I have so many side hobbies, which is a uh, which is uh, certainly a pro to be able to basically try all these uh, different things or continue to do all these different things. Um, I I kind of started a mini DJ business on the side, and I've been totally able to do that. And obviously, the pandemic uh, halted the my making money from live gigs, but I've been able to do that on, on the side of teaching and pretty, pretty easily. Uh, I, I love to cook. I love to basically learn skills around the house and become a, a, a better, uh, overall human being. And I, there's a lot of time, especially of the summer to commit to, um, that stuff. So I, I, I do think it is a, it's, it's a very rewarding career one, cause you get to help kids, uh, all day and kind of see them grow. I I teach eighth grade. So it's kind of a hilarious year to see a combination of little children and um, kids who are totally ready for uh, high school and oftentimes more mature than me. Um, And yeah, so the one more thing I was going to say, sorry, I was getting uh, off track a bit is the, 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 the summers, the ability to travel is it's a little bit, it's a really good benefit that I think goes overlooked over the summer. So um, like this past summer, even though it's, uh, it was a pandemic, I was able to go down to Cape Cod. I'm, I teach in the Boston area. So, uh, Cape Cod and Massachusetts, uh, many of the weekends and even sometimes during the week. So that flexibility is, is, uh, worth a lot more than, than the pay stub. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, the life lessons we draw from speaking to people through this show is your professional career is not just about your salary, right? There's there's more to it. There's kind of your quality of life. There's your experience. There's a social component to it. So that's all really helpful and powerful. Um, and I think you're the first school teacher we've had. My, uh, my brother keeps... Um, playing hard to get with me so i need to yeah he, he, he doesn't push. he was, doesn't want to join you i need to get a little bit pushy with him but um but tim thank you so much for for coming on this has been great um i always ask even though you seem like you're a very passionate alum if anybody's interested in connecting with you is it okay if they they reach out just to kind of hear more about your experience or if they're interested in a, in a potentially a, a teaching professional career would it be okay if they kind of connect with you of course, absolutely. Uh, I would I would love to talk because um, at when I was in their shoes, I had no clue what to do. And I think if I kind of spoke to some people about actually um, like what this career is like, instead of just like a job's a job, I think it would have uh, helped me direct myself. Maybe I would have gotten to this point of being a bit happier, uh, a little bit quicker. But yeah, so uh, I, I still use my my Wesleyan email, T-G-A-L-L-I-V-A-N at uh, wesleyan.edu. So anyone can send me an email. If I uh, if I don't respond for a couple of days, don't worry. I'm not the best at checking it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it but yeah, it's uh, totally contact me. Any questions, um, I, I would love them for sure. Great. Tim, thank you so much for uh, joining us and being open to uh, folks reaching out. And I look forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I think this is great. And I, uh, I hope that lots of uh, young Wesleyan students can uh, hear this and at, at least be influenced by either this podcast or some of the other ones that you do. So really, it's, it's really good for the uh, Wesleyan Athletics Program and just the alumni in general. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.